Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Engagement Game, the podcast. I am your host, Joy Marie McKenzie. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. Thank you. How are you? Have a seat. Sign your name. Um, No, just kidding. Um, But if this is like your third time or your fourth time listening, thank you so much for coming back um, and, and just experiencing this podcast with me. I've been like so amazed and and like I knew this podcast was going to be transformative for me personally because I'm stretching myself. I'm doing something I've never done before, a whole podcast child with six episodes. Um, So I knew that it was going to be amazing for me. But what I just forgot to realize was just how much it was going to impact other people. And I've had so many people in my DMs tweeting me, texting me. Even my mother today said that one of her pastors had like texted her and said, oh, I'm going to send this podcast to my daughter and to my son. And I really appreciate that. Like it means a whole lot to me because um, this podcast, just in case you're new, because the people that are listening know this, I say this every single time. This podcast is to celebrate the paperback edition of my memoir, The Engagement Game, which came out in paperback. Um, back in March. So I, you know, wanted to do something different because when the hardcover came out, I went all around the country. I went to New York. Well, I, I live in New York, so let me just get that right. But I went to DC and I went to Baltimore. I went to Atlanta. I went to San Francisco, LA, um, Chicago, uh, Dallas, promoting this book and Las Vegas. Uh, that was a, an amazing time. Um, but I went to so many conferences and churches all around this nation, even Alaska. I just came back from Alaska um, selling the book. And it just means a lot to me that the message of this book, which is really um, the story about how I was so desperate to get engaged. And I'm not going to go through it, but please go to amazon.com, go to Barnes and Noble, go to Audible. It's on there um, what the book is about. But the message of the book is simple. It is to choose yourself. And I know that sounds selfish. I know that's like counterintuitive to how black people are raised, right? I know there's a lot of black people listening, but I know there's some white people too, because I got some white friends. Hey, white friends, love you. Uh, my Indian community, shout out to y'all too. Um, my Asian community, hey, okay, I'm not gonna go around the world, but shout out to everybody. But really in the black community, in my community, like we are raised to think about community and we're raised to, to think about like your life is not just your life, but like you are advocating for your race. Like you are um, a representative of your race, you're an advocate of your race, um, even when we don't want to be, right? And an example of this, any black person will tell you, like, if you're in class and there's more white people than black people in the class and you start talking about civil rights, slavery, (laughs) um, any of those things, Harriet Tubman, any of those things, you'll get some looks, you know, they'll look to you for the answers. Um, If you have a a conversation about diversity in the workplace, they're going to turn to you and say, well, what do you think? As if you have all the answers. But um, I'm proud of that. I don't take it as a burden. I take it as a privilege because I know that my grandmother did that. My great grandmother did that. And her great grandmother did that. And it's just the price that I have to pay so that my my kids um, and my kids' kids can just live a little bit better in this nation. But there is a point. (laughs) There is a point to that very long tangent. The point is, is that at some point or another in your life, especially in your dating life, you have to choose yourself and you have to start looking at yourself as part of the community or part of a couple and really look at yourself and examine yourself. What do you want? What do you deserve? Um, What are you giving to a relationship? Are you giving a whole person or are you giving pieces, um, pieces of hurt, pieces of disappointment, you know, leftovers from past relationships. And you're trying to pull it all together, um, to be in a healthy and happy relationship. And I had realized that I was giving, uh, my partner at the time, my boyfriend of five years, I was giving him not only pieces, but I was giving him fakeness. I was giving him not even a real version of myself. And I had to examine who I was, you know, how, That's my dog in the background, if y'all can hear. She just all over the place. If you don't sit down. Um, Anyway, but like I had to truly examine. Arista, you want to be on the podcast too? Okay. 
And if y'all know, if you read the book, then you know all about my my lovely miniature dachshund, Arista. She's all up and through that book. But, um, you know, I really had to examine myself and say, what are you bringing to a relationship? You're so worried about not getting um, engaged, but like, are you a person, like I, even I wouldn't have proposed to myself because I was giving off so much fakeness. Um, and once I turned the lens around and started examining myself and then started pouring back into myself, those pieces, they became not puzzle pieces, but it became a very clear picture. Um, and once I had a clear picture of not only who I was, but what I wanted, I got it. I got it hook, line and sinker. Um, and I'm so excited to be planning my wedding and the future of my family literally right now. Um, so that is what the engagement game is about. Please go pick it up. I'm not too proud to beg. Um, it's available wherever books are sold. But I have to remind you because I know some of y'all are going to be upset with me, but please don't. This is the second to last episode in the season. Um, I'm doing this in seasons because I'm having a child and I'm getting married and like my life is a lot right now, but I'm going to come back in the fall with all new episodes. So just hang with me, hang tough. Um, I'm going to do something like super creative during the summer um, to keep your interest, but really I'm coming back in the fall with all new episodes. Um... You know, so stay tuned. Don't unsubscribe, but do subscribe, rate, comment. Let me know what you guys think. Um, but I want to get down to the nitty gritty because this, the topic of this podcast is truly near and dear to my heart because I am a daddy's girl. I am a self-described, proud, you know, flag waving, um, selling cookies, <laughs> um, daddy's girl. Um, I love my dad. And if you've read my book, you know that I talk all about Stan McKenzie. Um, I actually opened the book and wanted to like refresh my memory on what I wrote about my dad. And I write about him a lot in chapter 12 and just talk about being a daddy's girl and just how that affected my relationships and my expectations of what a good man is. And I think it was important for me to have this conversation on the podcast because so much of the narrative of black fathers is negative. Actually, I think too much because I know so many amazing black fathers, but I want to talk about um, good fathers and, and how that can affect your relationship too. Because um, we know how bad fathers affect their relationships, but um, what about a dad who's in your life, who's present? Like anyone who knows me growing up, who, who grew up with me, like you know my dad because he was picking me up from dance class, from the basketball games, from the from the parties. My dad was child. He came in a party once. I was hiding from him in the corners. <laughs> like my dad is like a truly present figure. He's one of the most consistent people in my life. Um, I like, and, and we are so similar. We have the same temperament. Um, we laugh at the same jokes. We have the same interests. We both love basketball. And let me just brag on my dad for a second because, you know, y'all met my mom in the last episode, but my dad, he is a man of few words. He would never, even if I asked him to come on the podcast, he'd be like, number one, what is a podcast? Um, and number two, no. Um, but he's not, you know, my mom and I are very similar in that we love to talk. And we love to share, but my dad is not like that. Um, but I'm just going to brag on him anyway. So my dad grew up in South Florida. He's so talented. He's, he is actually why I can sing. He's a great, he has a really great voice. Um, he played instruments. And so when he was going to go to college, he could either get a music scholarship or a basketball scholarship. And he chose basketball, ended up going to NYU, ended up getting drafted into the NBA. He played for 10 years um, for a few teams. He's going to kill me if I don't remember them. But the Baltimore Bullets, the Houston Rockets, Portland Trailblazers, I'm missing a few Phoenix Suns. I'm missing one, but whatever. But he was just amazing. Um, did that and retired before I was even born. And so I didn't know him as, you know, the big guy on the court or the big guy on campus. Um, but I grew up with people telling me just how amazing he was on the court. Because um, by that time, my dad had transitioned into a different job. I, I never knew what he did, but he like went to an office every day in Washington, D.C. and... Um, but I never, you know, that's, 
just very privileged child. <laughs> I was very privileged. I just knew that I, I, I did not want for anything. But um, my dad took care of us, and, and he was just such a present force in my life and just such a positive force. I always wondered how that affected my relationships. And, and as I've gotten older, as I've gotten in my 30s, I know that it's made it harder for me to date because I don't accept medi- mediocrity. Um, I don't accept mediocrity a lot in life in general, but when it comes to relationships in particular, I don't accept mediocrity because he is such a good example. Like, what do you mean you can't call me back? Because my dad always calls me back. He texts me. Um, what do you mean you can't pick me up? Because my dad was always picking me up, you know? Like, what do you mean you can't? So I never really accepted the BS because I knew that there was a guy who who didn't give me BS, who told it to me straight, even when it was bad news, right? Like, you need those people in your life. They're to celebrate you because my dad is always there to celebrate me. If you follow him on Facebook, because he's super active, he's always posting my links or sharing my stories or um, just telling me, you know, he's like, oh, I told so-and-so about you. They're going to reach out to you. They're going to email you. And they always email. Um, And so, you know, I know he's proud of me and I know that he's a good man and he's a great father. Um, He's a truly great father. Um, And so I wanted to talk with, I'm not going to tell you who my guest is yet because I introduce her later, but I wanted to talk to another um, proud daddy's girl. Um, and so we sort of had this amazing conversation about how our fathers impacted us um, positively. Um, and I think that story needs to be told. But before I get to her, I went all around town asking other women how their fathers have affected their relationships. And not and as we know, right? Like not everyone has an amazing relationship with their fathers, and I wanted to represent both sides. So, um here's what they had to say. I would not be about to walk down this aisle to a wonderful man if it weren't for my father because he has done a phenomenal job exposing me to what a husband and a great man is supposed to look like. And he has blocked me from them little knuckleheads that I was talking to back in the day. (laughs) And my father has still influenced my relationships, not by being in my business or trying to find out the tea, but just by his actions, what I've seen growing up. And to this day, he's still dropping gems on me or um, sending me an article or a great book to read for a happy and healthy relationship. And he's just been a great resource to have. Um, he's also been a phenomenal example, like I said earlier, through his actions. So every Saturday morning when I lived in their house, he would make sure I had breakfast before I got my day started. Um, or even being a calm, listening and patient ear when I'm in a rage and then (laughs) providing corrective action, of course, after I calm down. But I've also never seen him lose his temper on my mother. He's always been so kind. Um, and that's really big to me and has set a high expectation on what I'm looking for. Well, I will say he was deported when I was seven turning eight. We were extremely close. And I think now that I am 34 years old and can really think about it, I've always been the strong one in the relationship. Um, had a personality that some didn't like where I was I want it this way, and this is the way I'm going to get it. If you can't provide it, I'm going to get it for myself, because that's how I probably felt with my dad being gone. Well, he's not here to give it to me, so I got to get it myself. Um, And so it's really affected my relationships, not just with men, but in general. I just have that kind of personality. I have to do everything on my own if the person that I'm asking to do it can't do it. My dad never influenced me to date any particular guy or gave me a set list of uh, qualities I should look for. However, just with his presence and who he is as a person kind of shaped what I was looking for um, in the person that I was dating and eventually marrying. Um, I noticed that a lot of the personality traits are very similar, their drive is very similar, their care for their family is very similar, and even some of the household uh, duties, per se, um, that they have taken ownership over are very similar, and I think it just gave me a level of comfort. Um, When we were dating, however, I don't know if I noticed it as much, but as we were getting more serious towards marriage, I realized that I leaned more towards that secondary image of 
who my father presented um, real men to be. And out of that, I definitely appreciated his influence in, in being in my life. All right. So you heard from the women um, who talked about just how their fathers have affected them, either positively or negatively. And it was so brave of the young woman who spoke about her father being deported um, and having to, you know, really, truly raise herself and had to look out for herself. Um, and it just makes me reflect on my own relationship with my dad and just how privileged I am. And I don't take it for granted at all. Um, I don't take it for granted that my dad was there because I know there's so many women, especially black women, um, for one reason or another, whether it's deportation, whether it's imprisonment, whether it's just plain he wasn't there, um, that they did not have that privilege. And my God, when I tell you, I count it as a true privilege. I, I count it um, as a prayer answered. And I'm a spiritual person, so y'all know who my mama is. She's a bishop child, so she knows Jesus real well. Um, <laughs> so for those atheists tuning in, sorry. But, you know, I hope that even though she doesn't have a, you know, her father's not present physically, she knows that she definitely has a spiritual father and a spiritual mother who is always there for her that she can lean on and lean into um, and seek for answers or just if you need if she needs to be consoled, I hope she knows that she has that too. All right. So I have stalled long enough. I definitely want to get down uh, to my conversation about how fathers impact our relationship. So without further ado, let's go to my guest. So you guys, y'all have no idea how hard it was (laughs) to get my next guest on the podcast, not only because she's in high demand, literally, but because her schedule is stacked and she is one of the co-hosts of my very favorite podcast. She already knows this, which is Essence's Yes Girl podcast with millions of downloads. So she's like, you know, a podcast queen. Um, So her presence is super appreciated on the Engagement Game podcast. And she was just nominated for a Webby Award for her podcast. So she is like super legit. None other than, because this intro is getting super long. I love it. Charlie Penn. Hi, Jordan Hi. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. I am so happy to finally have you. It's happening. We did it. (laughs) Finally. And in case you guys don't know, Charlie is all about love and sex. Um, She talks about vaginas on a daily basis, vibrators, um, gels. Cheating, dating, marriage. Yes. All of it. Yes. Because she is. Because what's your title right now? The Relationships and Wellness Director at Essence. Ooh. That sounds Some wonderful. Some about self-care and your love life, guys. I, I love that because Charlie you. just got upgraded, y'all. Promotions. Because she's so good at what she does. Aww. And so for Charlie, if you know her, you know that she loves her father. And I do. Yeah. I've only worked at Essence for about six months. And already I know so much about your dad. <laughs> I'm such a daddy's girl. Me too. It's Me too. You too. We yeah. bond over that. Idea. Yeah. And I think so much of, you know, the, the narrative in the black community is that black fathers aren't doing their jobs. And so... When you speak so highly about your father, it reminds me of the relationship with my father. And I think that I spoke about that a lot in the book. Like I dedicated pages and pages about Stan McKenzie because he did such a great job. Yes, he is like super legit. We love him. And so I think that it's important that we talk about fathers when it comes to your relationships because he definitely helped shape my very high expectations. And so Aren't tell me, they make it hard. Yeah, they make it, hard, they make it super hard to yeah. like, cause these little Negroes out here, I mean, they don't make them like they used to. They really don't. And and I feel like you're. I mean, for me, it was about if you don't love me like my daddy, mm. forget it. Bye. What's the point? But tell not, me about your dad. Like, what's there? What's your what's your relationship like? Yeah. What's he like as a dad? My dad and I are best friends. That's mm. why I tell everybody. I'm like, I'm a daddy's girl, but he's like, literally, he's my best friend. He calls me every morning. Between oh 6 a.m. and 6.30 a.m. To wake me up, read me for Phil. Tell he me wakes what I need you up? Do. Yes. You are spoiled. My husband <laughs> it. You are spoiled. <laughs> but it all started when I moved away to Atlanta to go to college at Spelman. And he could not stand the idea of me not being at home with him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So basically, he was like, I'm going to call you every day, make sure you're alive, check on you, see how you're doing. And, you know, that's how it all began. But my dad and I have a deep bond joy because... 
when my mom died when I was nine, mm. and he had to be a mommy daddy. Yeah. You know, he had to be both for me, and I think that only made us closer because mm-hmm. he was like determined to like figure out how to teach me to be like an incredible woman, like my mom was. But also, like I'm his first child, his only daughter, mm. and he's like, no, you will not. <laughs> you right. gotta be, you know. So, and he was an older dad. Like my dad had me, I think, when he was 38. My mom was oh, 36, wow. so yeah. he was very. I mean, not like, older anymore, but yeah, probably but in it, his day, it was weird. Like yeah. I had a curfew in high school when nobody didn't. You know what I, I mean? I had a like, curfew too. A, like was it 10:30? It, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. See, and then when I was a senior, it was midnight. See? Oh, same. Yep. Okay. And even on prom night, though. But I have an older daddy, too. So that's what it is. <laughs> I think so, that's what it is. He did yeah. not budge. He was like, bending rules? What? what is no, that? I had to be in the house, child. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. I was this love-struck. My, my dad and I have this funny relationship. I was this love-struck teenager. Like, mm-hmm. I Me too. watched. You know, you get it. Like, I watched Sex in the City mm-hmm. every Sunday, religiously. Mm-hmm. You know, life was a rom-com. 90s R&B was like, in my Walkman, CD man, everything. Like, this man, like, on my station. Like, I always thought, like, my life was going to be a 90s R&B song. So I was always this love-struck preteen and teenager. And of course, my dad's my best friend. I had no sisters, just a brother and a dad. So I'm like, I'm going to tell him all my business. And of course, being an older dad, he was always like, you don't need a man. You want love too much. You need to be more particular. You know, so, so so he's like a feminist older guy, which is super, super rare, absolutely. honestly. And he just felt like I had better things to do than be worried about boys. But mm-hmm. I, of course, I was worried about boys. Weren't we all? But in but in doing that, we ended up with this like hilarious relationship because I actually tell my dad everything mm-hmm. because he keeps it so real, and mm-hmm. you need that. You do. You know what I mean? Like he'll just be like, "Oh no, I don't think so, honey. No, you can do better." But it did kind of make my expectations Go a little super bit. high. But not in the way people would think. Okay, what do you You know what mean? I mean? Like, it wasn't, like, my dad was a director of Verizon for years. He made a ton of money, you know, for, like, 40 years and all that. Mm. But, like... A boss. A boss. <laughs> a true boss. But it wasn't like I wanted that guy. It was mm-hmm. just that, like, if I need a ride, my dad was there to pick me up. He made me... He would make my favorite chicken for before cheerleading tryouts in high school, even though he's allergic to chicken. He doesn't even eat wow. it. But I love fried chicken, so he would, like, make me, like, good luck chicken before, like, a cheerleading tryout or, like, you know, or whatever. He left me handwritten notes. He... He was like my best friend. That's love. So I needed my I needed my best friend and a partner. Yeah, your your dad sounds just like my dad, and I think Same. you know obviously with any relationship you can have misunderstanding. So there was a way that I like to be loved. Like I love verbal affirmation sometimes, and but my dad is a doer. Do so it. he shows his love by picking me up from the basketball games, yes. taking me to my dance classes, exactly. you know, paying for this or whatever you need, like whatever you need. Right? Whatever you need. Whatever I need, my daddy's there. And I know it's been and hard for my husband. And not everything you need, too, right? Because he was deaf like my dad. He loves saying no. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to ask mommy. But he loves saying no. Um, but he he gave us everything that we needed, that truly. we really needed. Yeah, not my dad wanted. loves saying no, too, girl. To the, and wanted. I would say, why no? And don't ask me why. Because mm-hmm. I said so. Remember that one? I, yep. <laughs> I'm like, uh. But it made it hard uh. for my husband. It made it hard for anybody. How so? I'm curious. I, you know, I think because... It was so apparent, like, once I brought them home to daddy, it was so apparent. Like, this is the man. This was the man in my life. Yeah. (laughs) And he wasn't moving until Mm -hmm. you proved to him that he should move over. I will never forget. Okay, my husband's going to kill me for saying this, but it's really funny. Don't kill her. I know. Please don't confront. Um, It's really funny because he kept saying, why haven't I met your dad? And, you know, have you told your dad about me? Like, we just started dating or whatever. And I was like, oh, no worry about it and he's like what are you talking about I was like no big deal like just come over and he's like well it's my first time meeting your dad I'm like oh don't worry about it it's not going to be anything big for him right and he's like what are you talking about I was like he's not even going to focus on you until he feels like you are someone and Ouch. we're not there yet in his <laughs> eyes so he's not going to give you a hard time he's not going to grill you he's just going to be like so oh, he hey, didn't friend. like in when he when they met no he was super <gasps> chill and I think my husband was like Working it up, like, oh, but I was like, no, until he feels like you are about to take his spot, he's going to just act like you're just like my, you know, my dinner guest. Okay, but before we go into marriage and, like, how to deal with all of that, I want to ask you, because you mentioned this before, but, like, what was the best relationship advice? Or, you know, you obviously have talked to him about relationships, but was there one piece of advice that stuck out? From my dad? Yeah. Mm, That's a good question, Joy Marie. A lot of advice sticks out, but my dad used to always say and still says, you can lie to everybody, but you can't lie to yourself. Mm. So he used That's to so stay on me about like, you know what's wrong with your relationship. And mm-hmm. you can tell your girlfriends it's okay. You can tell your family it's okay. Your brother, you can tell me. You can just lie, 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 lie. He was like, but if you find yourself lying to yourself and telling yourself it's all good when you know that's not true, 
he was like, then you deserve better. Mm. Oh, I love that. I love that advice. Um, And I'm wondering, did y'all ever talk about sex? Because my, my father and I and people Never. who listen to the podcast, they know he tried to teach me the birds and the bees. And I was like, OK, so the birds, um, they're being bullied by the bees. Like I interpreted that story like oh. <laughs> I wasn't ready for what he was trying to throw at that me. That was not the And he never tried again. He just dropped it. That was it? So yeah, he, he never. You. I just, I, I mean, I, I never even, I don't even, I still don't even know what that means. The birds and the bees. I don't know. I know people like associated <laughs> with dating, but I just was, he never explained it. He you just said, okay, cool. Bird. You know what? Do I really? I thought, like, yeah, I know, but it's a stretch. You know what I mean? So your dad gate tried and then was just like, okay, nope. But yeah, your mom jumped don't... in, right? No, she wasn't in the car. So I just, and by then, like we had like, are you there guarded? God, it's me, Margaret book. Like, I read that book about, like, my period and sex. Like, I I don't know, child. I just was reading books and listening to my friends, my no-good friends who taught me all all this bad advice about sex. My dad was always trying to re-educate me. Mm Because he'd be like, okay, yeah, that R. Kelly song, nope. You know what I mean? That Tevin Campbell song, nope. Like, my dad and I, we have this funny reaction. So our sex conversations, I think, were more like, you hear that? That's not how it goes. Okay. You hear that woman having an orgasm on that Jodeci song? No. You know, you don't need to be doing that. So he said the word orgasm to you i don't oh, think yeah. i've ever heard my parents say the word orgasm yeah. my dad does not has does not hold his tongue for anyone i love that it's uncomfortably hilarious like right. i think when i was younger it was like oh, no but again i think that's what happens when you're raised by just your dad mm-hmm. like you gotta leave that discomfort as, like on the on the corner and be like okay we have right. to have this conversation and i'm sure it made you like a more empowered person once you started having sex because you're not afraid to talk about it so Definitely. you're less afraid to do it Definitely. It definitely did. And also, but it also made me really shook because remember my dad's older. Mm-hmm. So he was quick to, he was always bringing up an STD, AIDS, <laughs> like there was never like that. There was no grace in those conversations. He was mm-hmm. like, uh-uh, nope, you shouldn't be having sex. You're going to get an STD. You know, like he was very like, right. so I think he made me like a worrisome teenager, but I mean, in college student, but that was probably for the better. Right. right. I mean, wrap Over it up process. kids. Like seriously. I was always thinking about like his slideshows and his pictures and his real talk. He did not have slides. Shows. Shows, girl. My dad was like, I got, I'm mommy daddy. He was like, I don't know, I'm gonna try everything. He threw everything at the wall. I love that. Just in case you don't hear me, let me just show you this presentation. Yeah. But the <laughs> pop culture references were actually the funniest. Like, mm-hmm. he would try to like interject his, like, remember Positive K? I got a man. You're not trying mm. to hear that. He's like, you shouldn't have to fight over a man. man if he doesn't see that you're, like, he would take any moment. That is so sweet. And make it a nugget. Remember Positive K? I, I don't rem- I don't remember that. Oh my God, it's a classic. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I'm gonna play it for you. Okay, I'm girl. We're we'll going to Spotify this later. Yes. Um, and you spoke a little about, like, how your relationship with your father affected you a little negatively, right, in yes. your dating because, you know, he was grilling but not grilling guys, and that sort of showed you how he felt about them. Yes. But, like, how has he affected your relationships positively and negatively? Well, positively, I think that because my dad's my best friend, even when I've made some missteps or I needed to work something out on my own he's done a good job of like resisting the urge to to interfere Hmm. like I Mm -hmm. think it's been very hard for him but by him not interfering and always forcing me to be independent and allowing me to talk it through with him but then not like really giving his opinion like you know what do you think Mm -hmm. what would you say okay that sounds like kind of like coaching me along it's made me be a better communicator Mm -hmm. by having someone another man to talk to about why I'm mad at mine you know what I mean? Right. Before I, I talk to him. Mm-hmm. So that's been helpful. So that's yeah. the positive. The negative? <laughs> I mean, it's just this <laughs> idea that there's always the other man in my life. Right. My husband and I joke about it. But I, you know, shout out to my husband. Because I know it can't Aww. be easy. You know, to this day, if I like, my tire blows and I'm on the side of the road, I'm like, I call my husband, but then I call my daddy. Yep. You know? <laughs> but I love that you have that because so many women don't have that. Or they don't have a strong relationship sure. enough to do that. So the fact that you have it, count yourself blessed. Thanks, because Jenny. that is, like, so rare. And we hear so much about mama's boys. Yes. But, like, daddy's girls so. is a real thing. It's a thing. It's a real thing. And I don't know. I, have you ever dealt with a guy that you were dating before you got married? Because you've been married for, like, a long time. I know. Nine years, girl. Almost nine years in Congrats. October. Congrats. Congrats. Thank but, you, like, was there a time before where guys just were like, I'm not dealing with this guy? Yes. 
But I think it was because he was just intimidating, period. Mm -hmm. Because they would meet him and realize that my dad was not the one. <laughs> like, you met a real one. <laughs> he was going to call him out on his shit. Really? Or basically wait till he walked away and tell me, like, oh, yeah, no, honey, not him. So I think that was the other thing. They realized, I think just the idea of realizing my dad was active in my life mm -hmm. and that and my best friend and aware that I was dating and having sex, you know, and all these things mm -hmm. shook them. So, yeah. like, it kind of helped filter out the weeds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Really yeah. Which fast. is great for you. Because they were like, oh, her dad's a real one. Uh-oh. You know right. what I mean? Right, right, and right. And he's a Vietnam War vet. Oh, he is? Oh, yeah, oh so girl. he can shoot, like, on point, on target? Yep. He can stare <laughs> you down. He, got, he can give you military time to be somewhere. Everything no. is regimented. Really? Wants... <laughs> can I share a funny story? Please. My husband and I went on a cruise years ago, and we weren't married yet, but we were still dating. And I thought my husband, I mean, my, my dad was pulling my husband to the side to be like, here's some extra money or have a good time or whatever. And when he dropped us off, he was threatening my husband. He said, I don't want to hear that you came back off the boat and she didn't. No. He was like, if she gets lost at sea, you, you get better lost get lost at sea. sea. He was like, if anything happens on a jet ski, it better happen to you on that jet ski. And it was so funny because my husband just looked so shook. But my dad was so serious. Smile, grin, down to the point, military man. But long story short, he even said, and if you come back without her, it's okay, you can get arrested, all that can happen. He's like, but I can make it to the metal detectors and I'm going to come into the courthouse and I'm going to shoot a poisonous dart at you. No, and my he did not. Like, well, you're on the stand, yes. And my husband was like, did your father really just break down like the super covert military way? He said he a poisonous dart. And blow it through a straw and hit him in the neck with it while he was on the stand. This is the kind of stuff my dad says, which to me is hilarious, but it imagine sounds, if you're my he, husband. He should have a whole movie called like, meet the, what's your main name? Oh, Penn. Oh, it is mm -hmm. still Penn? Oh, yes. you didn't change it? Yeah, Ooh, no. I love that. I'm a modern woman. I'm yeah, I don't want to change mine either. Sorry, I don't, I'm Anton. sorry. That's my writing name. Deal with the guys. I love you. Right. Okay, so meet the Pens. <laughs> yeah, meet the Pens. Where he just like we goes We call them Papa after. Penisms. Papa Penisms. <laughs> I think you could write a whole book about that. I think I should. Honestly. I do. Um, uh, something that you said reminded me of my dad so much, Ooh, and I cannot it? remember. Oh, okay. So like when I brought guys home, mm -hmm. there was a, it was a rare moment if I brought any guys home because technically I couldn't date till I was 15 but you know I did you had an age limit 15 yeah Ooh. so that was like around like like sophomore junior year I get that and I, I had a boyfriend that. anyway Pierre and um shout out to him because he's great um oh. <laughs> we still keep in touch on I IG very very tasteful but you know we're Your still friends and um and but I remember you know taking taking some guys over the house and my dad never gave an opinion and now looking back now that you're saying this about your dad I'm wondering like did he just know that they were all like trash probably because he knows you so well right so that's what my dad would say I'm gonna know that there's something when you do if you're not acting differently I'm not acting differently so interesting and my dad is very like stoic I'm sure yours may be too like he's he's, I mean, he's so funny, stoic but you gotta get to know him if you don't know him you're just gonna be like oh who's that weird guy sitting over there just staring same at me? like. <laughs> I'm bothered. Yeah, my I mean? dad, everyone says he's a man of few words because he's very Caribbean, like in spirit and in truth. <laughs> like he is it. like a, a Caribbean man. He don't talk if you don't want to. But yeah, the guys that he has warmed up to are the guys that he likes. And even with huh. a dad like ours, I think you do get to that moment where you realize you've made it. Like my dad definitely told my husband like a week or two before we were getting married and like definitely on our wedding day. He mm -hmm. was like, I'm passing the torch to you, son. And Aww. he was really proud and he was really happy and he was like probably nicer to him than he's ever been. And I could see my husband being like, ooh, like I made it over the mountain. You know what I mean? But I I'm could in tell the inner it made circle. him feel good. Yeah, to know that he was in the circle of trust. Yes, so you can literally. Get there. You can get there. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think for my dad, it's you, you doing things for him. Because oh. he'll be like, Anton, can you um go in the garage and then bring, <laughs> like, every time we go home, he has, like, mad chores to do. And I'm like, yeah, well, that was his job. Now it's yours. You know, it's oh like. My God. See, my dad, exactly. He will give Karan the list of things he needs to be doing in my life to make my life better. But the mm -hmm. thing that's so funny that my dad does not play. If my husband says he's going to do it and he doesn't do it, and y'all might think this is problematic, but this is just pop a pen. Right. He will show up and do it. Really? Your like, dad will show up oh, and do it? yes, he will. I mean, he doesn't have a key or anything, but he'll make arrangements. Like, we, I That's... bought, like, one of those, like, over-the-toilet, like, storage containers mm -hmm. and it took my husband, like, three months to build. I kept bugging him every week. Can you build this? Can you build this? You know, he had other things to do. Finally, my dad called me. He was like, so I'm coming over Sunday to build it over-the-toilet <laughs> storage unit. You have I mean, Sunday someone's got to build it. <laughs> We appreciate your services, Papa Ben, okay. because somebody has to do it. So my husband, of course, built it. Like, no, you will not. But I mean, my dad will not forget. Like, he's keeping tabs on what you don't do for me so he can jump back in. Because that pride just crept up. Like, okay, let me just go ahead and do this. It's so funny. Um, but I appreciate him for that. He taught me what 
the love, what positive love from a man feels like. Right. And that's like a perfect segue to my next question, because a lot of people, a lot of my friends even, and I'm sure your friends too, even the people that we're dating don't have positive relationships with their dads um, for one reason or the other, whether it's distance or absence, absence, whatever, or just plain old crazy dad. Um, But for those people that are listening and they want to get to a place, because I feel like as long as your father is alive and you're alive, you can get to that place. I feel like there is hope. Absolutely. What advice would you give them to foster like a healthier relationship with their dads? I think you have to know that it's never too late. Mm-hmm. I think you absolutely, if you want a relationship with your father, you owe it to yourself to try to foster one. And he may not be willing. Not every father wants to be in his child's life. And I understand that, you know, mm-hmm. and that's unfortunate, but it's real. But I think if there's something in you that's like, I want to reach out to my dad, reconnect with my dad, just have a, I don't know, a monthly uh, reoccurring date with my dad. You know, like maybe once a month have brunch, start off slowly or a phone call mm-hmm. on the holidays if you don't really talk. Like, I think you can build that bridge and I think you'd be surprised. I think so often, I believe this deeply, my dad would probably co-sign. I think sometimes a father will really feels like he's let his daughter down when he's not in her life mm-hmm. or when they're distant. And I, you know, it's hard for men to talk about how they feel. Imagine the father telling his daughter, yeah, I let you down. So I think mm-hmm. that the shame that they feel, they're very hard on themselves sometimes, I do. And I think they're not going to be make the first move. You know, they're, they're just going to be like, you know what, I don't deserve her forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't deserve her support. So mm-hmm. I think if it's in your spirit and your heart, doesn't hurt to try. What do you think, Joy Marie? I think so too. And um, you know, me and Stan, I love him. Um, but we we went through a rough patch, like when I was a teenager, because I had to learn how to love a Caribbean man. And if anyone who has dated a man or had one in your family, because I I'm very American, mm-hmm. but my father is very Caribbean. He has two Bohemian parents. He's like one of not all of his sisters and brothers were born in America, right? Got He's like it. the youngest. So he's very Caribbean, and so they don't emote at all. They don't talk about their feelings. And here I am raised by a mom who says, I love you every day, and hugs. He, We had to coax him into the hugs and the, you know, Gradually. into the American, more emotive way of life. And I remember just being so frustrated with him, like, why don't you, you know, express yourself more, express how you, how you love me in particular, because um, I am – his favorite. <laughs> this you know. <laughs> that, uh, you know. Um, but, but we have a very special relationship. We look just alike. We act just alike. We anger the same way. Like, we have the same sense of humor. We both love basketball. So I say all that to say there was a time when I had to learn how to love him, too. And um, Gary Chapman has the five love languages. And it really is for relationships. It's for your interpersonal romantic relationships. Oh, yeah. But when I was doing it, I, for some reason, my father came to mind and I'm like, oh, so he is not words of affirmation like I am. He is acts of service. And if you don't know about Gary Chapman's five love languages, Google it. You can take the test for free. Yeah. You can take the test for free. It's super. And so I noticed, I said, oh, my dad is acts of service. So him saying I love you doesn't mean anything to him. He wants to pick me up, drop me off. Give me the like he's gifts. He's also a gifts person. Yeah, the same exact way. And so, I, so once I understood that, I was allowed. I gave him grace because he is who he is. He was raised how he was raised, and so we were able to have this amazing relationship in our in our adulthood. We got past like the bumpy teenage years, but it did take some time. And I think that's um, sort of advice for anyone who's having a rough patch. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it's going to be a life rough patch. Mm-hmm. Um, and Stan probably didn't even know it was a rough patch. He's, like, he's listening and he's like, wait, that's a rough patch. <laughs> he probably just like, what happened? But, you know, but but we, I got over it essentially yeah. and was able to learn how. I think that's real. Yeah. And I think you're, I think it's important that we say that this is not always sunshine and rainbows and mm-hmm. skittles and all those things. Because even growing up, I remember being very, not, I don't want to say angry with my dad, but just, I felt so disconnected mm-hmm. because I, you know, I had a stepmother and like, we did not really get along and I was a child and I felt like he, you know, I was trying to force him to pick sides and mm-hmm. I was loved my dad, but I definitely think we were building the blocks to a strong friendship and right. And when I left for college is when we really got there. Right. And, you know, and that was when I moved away and 
that communication was everything. Right. I wasn't like his little, little girl anymore. I was like living on my own in Atlanta, mm-hmm. you know, but he was also like totally a doting helicopter, everything dad, tiger dad, <laughs> helicopter, helicopter doting. Can you be all the things? You know, but I think that's when we really found our, our groove. Mm-hmm. And like you said, like your, your, um, your, with the ways you communicate, your love, your love languages. Right. You know, and you have to figure that out. I think yeah. that was such a good example. Yeah. I wonder if it's like harder to be a black dad to a black little girl. I, I don't know. Is. But Ooh, the I hair wonder. Salon drama. Not having my mom and oh. letting people rip him off to giving me like a press and curl or some cornrows. My dad never tried, child. He never <laughs> touched this head of hair. But he dropped me off oh, to same. get it done. But he got overcharged because he was going to like fancy salons when he should have been going like, you know. To the neighborhood chick. Neighborhood break. That'll place. cost you $25. Yeah. But he didn't know any better. He always wanted the best. And he thinks back all the time to what he paid for like me to get a touch up or a relaxer. He's like, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, money. It is money. And I'm sure those white people were overcharging each other. Okay, it's learning process. Mm-hmm. I wonder this because I have found myself, I have noticed Pat, well, my mother pointed this out, actually. She's like, I find it interesting that you and your sister both have now, I'll be married soon, are marrying Caribbean men. You know, so my sister's husband is Dominican and Haitian, and Anton is Trinidadian, you know, just like, our, just like our yeah, dad. I love it. Um, do you, like, is your husband like your dad, or did you date people that are like your dad, or? So, I guess I didn't think much about that while it was happening, but now that I've been with my husband for 15 years, and, you know, my dad's 74, and I really, like, kind of look at who they both are, they are very similar. They mm-hmm. wouldn't see it, but what I, the parts of them that I love are mm-hmm. the same. Mm-hmm. Um, the comfort they make me feel. Like, it's almost like, how my husband and I are together and how my dad and I are together, like the way we connect and work and gel, that's what's the same. Mm-hmm. But what really tripped me out, and this is wild, but I, I got to say it because it's true. I found a college fraternity photo of my dad, black mm-hmm. and white, like back in the day. And I had to do a double take. You're like, what? I thought it was my husband. <laughs> really? I mean, like the look, everything. And you know how they say, like, you date your dad, you marry yep. your father? Y'all, I had to grasp my whole neck. I was like, like, I couldn't, like, you know what I mean? Like, I did a double take. And mm-hmm. I even showed it to Cabron, and I was like, oh, where's this old photo of you? And he was like, wait, what, that's not... But he even did, like, you know what I mean? Like, it was, like, from a distance. Because they look so similar. But it was so similar. But they're generous, kind, hard, and nature. My husband is so loving and so supportive and mm-hmm. truly treats me like the ultimate person in his life, the love of his life. And he's always honored me and loved me that way. And I give him that back, but he's always just been like, look... I'm so happy that we are together and I found my soulmate and I'm going to treat you as such. Yes. And my dad has always been proud to be my father and always wanted to be the best dad. And he really devoted his life to my brother and I and making sure that we have had the best quality of life. And mm-hmm. he always says, don't worry about me because you guys are my life. So I'm doing what I want oh to do. I don't gosh. have a hobby. I don't have a pastime. It's you guys. And I love that my dad loved being a dad like that. And that's a huge sacrifice. It is. And I think in a lot of ways, that's like when I think about my husband, and I hope this comes over right because I really mean it as a, as a positive, I am his world. Mm-hmm. And he's totally fine with that. That's the type of man that he is. Mm-hmm. And he has other things. He has a career and other interests. But truly, it's me. You know what I mean? And I love I that. And I love that about him. I think it makes our bond stronger. I love him that much too. But it's funny because while I'm out here working and for essence and traveling the world and doing whatever, mm-hmm. he's the one that's checking in on me, making sure I had lunch. You know what I mean? Making mm-hmm. sure I went to bed. He does call her, y'all, like every afternoon. Literally. It's so cute. I'll be like, oh, meanwhile, let me just text her. How are you? <laughs> he has to hear my voice. That is He'll so be sweet. be my alarm clock. And he still gets all his shit done. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's true. Like he, I love that. So that that's how they're similar. It's that devotion, that love. And I think that's what I was attracted to before I even understood why. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I know daddy issues can work in the reverse. Right. <laughs> but they haven't affected me so much. Me either. At least not cognizant. Like, I'm not cognizant of them. But if you, they say if you have a father who was absent, that you could be so in search of a man's love that mm-hmm. you'll take anything. Mm-hmm. Settle for any kind of love. That's that happens commonly, yeah. or whatever your you. If you didn't get along with your dad, whatever part of him you hate it, you kind of seek that out in the bad boy mm-hmm. because you like to have that tension. But it's most likely not a good connection, right? And I had phases. I definitely went through a bad boy phase, a phase where I chose all assholes, <laughs> mm. and I think I was probably I, I don't know. I'm not a psychologist, but or psychiatrist, but um, I was always dating 
emotionally unavailable men. Girl, same. And trying to make it a movie. Did you ever do that? Like everything, I? I just thought everything was going to just fall. Into I did place. think it, I did think I was like living out some like like, like rom com fantasy. Exactly, like it'd be the exception, not the rule. Like he'd be the bad boy, but I'd turn him straight. Or like he right. would, you know, he would ne- never. He would be a player until that moment, and then it was all about me. Like mm-hmm. I always just thought, like, oh, this is gonna be great. But you know what? That could be in its own way, its own daddy issue, right? Because I think when you really think about it. Because everything was so great with my dad, I kept thinking like, oh, it's going to work out because I had a positive male love and support right. system in my life. So I could understand what fed my delusion. Right. That was popular. I'm curious because I'm a rebel. <laughs> yeah. I don't, you, might, you might not know this about me because I'm, I'm so straight laced at work, guys. I know, but I know there's a weekend dream <laughs> <laughs> there, there used to be before I got pregnant. But um, there was one point in my life where, be, because my parents have been married for 50 years now, so... Mm-hmm. You know, it seemed boring to be with someone that long. And so I was like, I don't want that. I like, it does monogamy even like work in the modern day? Like, does monogamous relationship, like, do I want to be in a monogamous relationship my entire life? You thought about this? Yeah. Like, I, I wonder, yeah, when I was in my early 20s. Ooh. And I wonder if you did too. <laughs> am, I, am I alone? No. You know, you're not alone. I have a lot of girlfriends who've had that conversation. A very close friend who's constantly like, girl, I don't even know that's for me. And she's so fine with right. that. Because she just doesn't get it either. Like, she's just like, I just want to be free to be me. You know, for me, I my parents had to split when I was little because my mom died. So mm-hmm. I always had this dream of like, would it be like what they would have been like as college sweethearts who met at HBCU, staying together, being happy in love forever. So for me, I think I always wanted that. But I have to say, now that I'm in a marriage, it's still a beautiful experience for me, and I think it's a, a positive experience, and everyone should try it if that's what they want. Mm-hmm. Marriage is the hardest job you'll ever have. It takes a lot of work. Oh, boy. You know what I mean? And okay. that, it's the best job. What should I prepare for? As I'm, Because I'm literally I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm packing to go to my bridal shower Yay. like in a couple of days. So what? Because well, you've been married for a long, a long time. Okay. You're always on the clock. And that's why I say I liken it to a job, but the job you, you love, the job you chose, mm-hmm. the dream job, right? Your true dream job is that relationship. Because you never get to sign out or check out of your marriage. Mm-hmm. And I think when you've been single for a while or living on your own or just even in a relationship that's not cohabitation, you still get to be you and you still get to check out on everything. Right. Like you just not answer their calls, you know, take it alone weekend, whatever. No. I'm never alone. My husband and my dog are there. <laughs> the only time I'm alone is like if I'm on a work trip. Right. You know, or try, you know, or out with a girlfriend. But it's beautiful. It's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But you have to think of it that way. Like I always tell people, like, I'm going to go home and be a good wife. You've heard me say that. Mm-hmm. I have to then say, okay, enough of these emails. Mm-hmm. And I have to remember that it may be the most important thing that night to just watch The Shy with my husband. Right. That may be the thing that I need to do or to have that uncomfortable conversation we needed to have that was residual from the weekend. Or, and I think just like you have a to-do list at work, I think people need to realize you need to have those, that like Ooh. to-do list in your marriage and just prepare for that. Prepare to have to work at it, but not for it to be painful or difficult. I love that to-do list because I am learning that Yay. as we are cohabitating and <laughs> taking care list. of a dog ourselves and all because all of those little things can like eat up at you guys and uh so yeah I, I love the idea of having a list like let me take care of you let me yes. let you have the remote control like he was because we always watch Housewives Bravo that's the only channel it. that I watch <laughs> and so he was but it's like the playoffs so I understand the playoffs I ain't gonna mess with you now <laughs> right like, you can have it. For NFL season, I was giving you a hard time because of Colin. But um, so he was like, oh, my gosh, you let me watch all the games. And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm going to let you do this for this week. Because Housewives Reunion is coming. Sunday nights. He already knows. <laughs> he didn't. He wasn't even home Sunday at 8 o'clock. He just walked in for Game of Thrones. So I was like, all right, let's just do this. Like, but I love the idea of a list because I'm a list person. I can tell. And okay. You need it. Yeah. And it's not just activities and chores. It's right. check-ins. Like, you know, my husband always says I don't care about my birthday. And mm-hmm. he kind of doesn't, but I would be a terrible wife if I just didn't make his birthday special every year because of right. that. So it's like this little mental note that like, okay, I have all these emails to get through, these meetings to plan, this deck to do. Oh, but I also need to order my husband's birthday gift or plan us some downtime or, you know, get back to that thing that I said that offended him a few months ago and I realized it really hurt him and I need to nurture and love him up a little bit more to let him know. Like there's all these other, it's like a whole other real ass to-do list. 
hmm. that you have in your mind while all those other things are going on. But it's not scary. It's like the I still say it's the best job I've ever had. Like, when you put it like that, it makes it more manageable. It is. It is. But you have to be intentional. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where people sometimes aren't ready for that. They think, oh, we'll just get married, we'll move in together, and all will be well. Not if you're not, you know, working at it, but it's not hard work. Mm-hmm. It's the, just it's the work you want to do. It's, it should be wonderful work. But trust me, it is not a movie, y'all. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But it can be a fairy tale still. You know, I love that. your own version, but you got to work at it. And I mean, I've, I've, had, I've had some bumps where I'm just like, oh my God, I completely just neglected my husband. You know, like just little things. Yeah, because life lifes. And it's like, oops, uh, and it's ain't no dinner at home, ain't no dog food. I right, just, exactly. It's just me. <laughs> or realizing you fell asleep that one night you shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. You know, you should have listened, but you were tired. And it's easy to forget and, you know, mess up for a second and be a little selfish. But you just got to check yourself and start over. Mm-hmm. But honestly, my dad checking me just to bring it home. Mm-hmm. My dad checking me over and over. My dad is type A. I'm going to read you. Like I told you, every morning. Okay, did you do this? Did you do that? You know you have to do this. Don't forget to do this. But being that way and being raised by a dad who loved me enough to bother me mm-hmm. has really made me a stronger wife. That is, is that it, it y'all. <laughs> that is Charlie Marie Page. Like, no, I don't know. I, I don't know your middle name. Allegra. <laughs> Allegra. Charlie Allegra, which means happy in oh. Spanish. I hope. That's what I was told. We gonna be, yeah. <laughs> We're just going to say that. Exactly. Charlie Allegra Penn Watkins, the new host of Essence Relationship Podcast, The Salt. Oh, yes. Can you tell people about yes. your brand new podcast? Because we already told them about Yes Girl, the Webby Award nominated podcast. But yes. she has, she's so good at podcasting, they gave her two. I know. I'm doing another <laughs> one. Like, look at that. Um, as a relationship expert for the last, oh my God, like 15 years now, I've worked everywhere. I know all of our pending and repeating and never-ending relationship problems. They're reoccurring. If you go through it, Joy, Marie, your best friend, your auntie, we all go through the same thing. Mm -hmm. So the idea is, why do these problems keep repeating themselves? How do we just solve them? How do you know when it's really over? How do you decide they should meet your parents? Why aren't you having orgasms? So many questions, sign up answers. So the solve, which I host, is all about getting the answers to your burning relationship questions. Nice. And how can the people, we're going to put the information in the description box, but how can they find it? Anywhere you get your podcast, search The Space Solve. Go press subscribe, listen, download, and you can use hashtag The Solve Podcast. Yes. And be sure to check out my favorite podcast, Yes Girl Podcast, as well. But thank you so much, Charlie. This is a delight. And I knew Yay. you'd be amazing. I had so much fun with you. Thank you so much, Joy Marie. Everybody, if you haven't read her book, read it. It's incredible. Engagement game. Hard copy out now. Hardcover. Yes, hardcover. Paperback out. And I didn't I'm even ask her to do that, y'all. She just like. Because it's great. Know. Joy Marie is a goat, y'all. So that was uh, Charlie Penn. Thank you so much again. Seriously. You're welcome. I really appreciate this. Is amazing. this. Awesome. And be sure to rate and subscribe this podcast because I've already seen your comments and your ratings. And I'm really excited about people who are listening from like Switzerland, even in the UK and Tanzania. Shout out to my girl, Ashley. I know that's you in Tanzania. But thank you so much for listening. But please make sure to rate and subscribe and share this podcast on social media so that all your friends can like get in on the tea too. All right. Until next time, y'all. It's the Engagement Game, the podcast.